Father, I just want to thank you one more time. I want to exhort you for this moment. I come before you, mighty and everlasting Father, that you begin to instruct your people through me this day, God. Bring them to the place, God, of glory, of understanding and wisdom. Cause their mighty and everlasting Father to see the reality of what you have in mind for them. Cause them to realize, God, that you thought well of them all the days of their life, that even before they were brought forth, God of glory, you have intent and purposes for them, and there is nothing in their life that you have ordained for them that they will ever miss in life. You don't live in time zone, but you also minister in time and walks in time. I pray, therefore, God, that you can synchronize the past into the future. We do that for your people today through this world. That their understanding will come out and they will know that they have nothing to regret about about their past because, oh God, their past is right in their future. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was in my journey this last time and the Lord began to speak to me about this but precise at Ulundi, South Africa. And it became very strong on me that I need to share this with you. Some of you think you missed out so much either because of the family you were born into. Some of you think all that God has for you is gone because of the community you were born into. Some of you think there isn't anything so special anymore because of the way you live your life. By implication, the things you are supposed to have gotten by now, you don't have them, so it's all gone. Sometimes you come to the place of regret all the time. I wish, I wish, this didn't happen to me, that didn't happen to me. Then I will be able to gather, I'll be able to come to the of realizing everything God has in mind for me. In other words, your, your future is haunting you. You're feeling so bad. You're feeling so discouraged. You're feeling so frustrated. But I want to say something to you this morning and to let you know that everything God ever has for you, everything God ever planned for you, in the very beginning of time and creation, there is none of them that you ever miss. If you find one man that God will send before you. The solution to recovering your past is to discover the man we send before you. That's what I want to show you. All of you know we've shared our times that number in this place about Reuben. In the book of Genesis. Remember that? Okay. Genesis chapter 49, when you read the story, you come to the place where Reuben was caused in verse number 3 by the father. You will not excel, you will not prosper. In fact, you can be, it can be well with you in life, as it were. Right? Remember, in Deuteronomy 33, we were made to understand, Moses, the man of God, revoked that cause. How many of you understand that? I want to reiterate this fact. Uh, there is no cause any man can place on you that can stay if you meet the right man of God. 
and it doesn't take exorcism. What I mean, it doesn't take any rituals to get you out of that course. It only takes a blessing from that man to get you out of that course. The man that plays a course on you didn't perform any ritual. He made a statement. Therefore, the man that can revoke it will only make one statement. How many of you are trying to pick this? When Balaam was to cause Israel, he wasn't going to do any rituals. It was a simple statement Balaam would have made and Israel would be caused. Therefore, if you must be redeemed from any cause, it will take a word from another man that has a higher power to revoke the cause that was placed on you through words. That can save you some money for those of you who don't understand who your God is. What does that mean? You don't need to go anywhere to make sacrifices to break any cause over your life. Because it didn't take a sacrifice to place the cause on your life. You took a, a word from somebody to place the cause in your life. Are you getting what I'm talking about? To break that cause, it will take a word from somebody with a higher authority connecting to heaven where your destiny really lies to break that cause. Don't be intimidated by the things people will sell for you to be free. Are you still there with me? Enough of that. Go back and do research and study that. Like I said, Genesis 49, 1 to 6, and then I mean, 3, and then Jeremiah 3, 1 and 6. You read that. But what I'm really concerned about today is an interesting story. Now, really illustrate to me what I'm sharing with you. I'm trying to take my time. Sometimes my wife says, you speak too fast. I'm trying to take my time so that you can enter and it can, it can sink in. Now, in Genesis 25, it's an interesting story. Can we please turn over there? Genesis 25 is about Abraham. It's an interesting story. Hallelujah. Genesis 25, reading from verse number 1. The Bible says, Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah. I wish I'm Pentecostal now. I will have said, say Keturah. Glory to God. Those all will make the message to belong in all that. Okay, it's all right. Verse number 2. And she bore him Zimram, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, not Midian because it's, it's, it's very significant in what we're about to say. Ishbak, Shua, Jokshan, Begad, Sheba, and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Latushim, Alimim. And the sons of Midian were Epha, Epha, Hanak, Abida, Elder and all these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Verse 6. But Abraham gave gift to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them his word 
away from his son Isaac to the country of the east. Let's stop there. While he was still living, he called the children of the concubine and said, come here, come here, everybody. Everybody gathered. And he said, okay, you take this, you take this. Maybe he gave them cattle, he gave them holes, he gave them whatever they can use to farm, to feed a flock. And he sent them to the east. What was the reason? That Isaac, the son, may inherit all things. Are you there with me? Now get this right. The promise was not to the children of the concubine. The promise was to Isaac. Is that alright? But that is not the whole thing. Abraham, what he did here was simply writing his will. Are you following this? Abraham was simply writing his will. And that is how it should be. If you are a worthy man, in the true sense of it, you write your will before you die. That is what people do. Why is it so? Because... Abraham doesn't want conflict by the time he dies for the children of the concubine to begin to drink the land of promise with Isaac. Are you done with me? Okay. So he sent them to the east. And then he gave all that he had unto Isaac. And I watch this. The very promise that was given to Abraham was Canaan. Are we together? That is very important. You need to know that. The promise that was given to Abraham was Canaan. Now he was going to go, go to Canaan, going to possess Canaan. By implication, remember, Isaac is the father of Jacob. Is that okay? Alright? From Jacob to Israel. Okay, fine. Now, we find that the promise was to Isaac. From Isaac, it translates onto who? Onto Jacob. And then from Jacob to the twelve tribes. So the twelve tribes were now to share the land of their grandfather. Are you getting this? Okay, now, by implication, these sons given to him by Keturah have no lot in Canaan. Because they've already been sent away. Are you getting the picture? Okay. So it's another way of saying they denied their father's property because they were sons or children of concubines. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. The only thing that disqualified them from the property that was supposed to be theirs was because they were the children of what? A concubine. Okay. Now, watch this. I want to make you see something. Remember, when Moses left Egypt, who did he go to? He went to Jethro. Is that okay? Good. The opening to chapter number... What book am I going to read for you now so that you can call it? You can just go to Numbers chapter 10. And I'm, I'm going to read the passage there, but go to Numbers chapter 10 that you listen to me. Until I give you the verse. Now, Moses was sent to Jethro. Jethro, like I've always said, is not a heathen priest. And that also tells you that in principle, every trade or profession or calling you must anchor it through a man that has been there before. Moses was going to ministry. But he has to be trained in the house of a priest. The Bible called Jethro the priest of Midian. I mean, if you remember that. The book of Exodus. He's a priest of Midian. Now, he was not a hidden priest. Because Midian, like I said, was one of the children of Keturah. Meaning... 
Midian was a child of Abraham. Good. Now Midian understood before they were sent away how Yahweh was worshipped. Are you there with me? Now, Midian as a clan or a tribe had now Jethro as their priest. So Jethro was a priest of God. Is that okay? So, Moses was not sent to an unbeliever to be trained. And if you take time to read the book, I think Exodus 8 or so, down to 18, Exodus 8 in particular, you find that the fourth altar that was erected for the worship of Yahweh in the wilderness was the instruction of Jethro to Aaron the high priest. Aaron and Moses learned the, the principle of worship from Jethro. Are you there with me? Okay. Now, another name for Jethro in the Bible is Ruel. Ruel or if a Ruel is one of the other names that you can call Jethro. Jethro was his official name. His real name is Ruel or Rugel. But Jethro was his official name. Just his priestly title, if you will. Are you getting this? Okay, I want to show you something now. Remember, Moses married the daughter of Jethro. Is that okay? So Jethro was the father-in-law to Moses. Are you getting that? Now, God doesn't make mistakes. He's still connecting the very sons of Abraham. Are you sitting there with me? Remember what he said even concerning Ishmael. He told Ishmael, I mean the father, I have already blessed him. Listen, your background notwithstanding, God is going to prosper you. In our own estimation, Ishmael was not qualified for the blessing. Do you know that? But God see how to bless Ishmael. Because he came to Abraham. Which eventually become Abraham. The difference is. He intended Isaac. To stand alone. Because he is also going to send one son. Into the world. So Isaac was a type of Jesus. Are you see that with me? If you think Ishmael was not relevant. Then you also say in the Old Testament was not relevant. Because Ishmael, according to Galatians chapter 4, represents the Old Testament. So God also prospered the Old Testament so that the people in the Old Testament also prospered, but with labor. Are you still there with me? Okay. I'm glad you are following this. So now. Zipporah, which was supposed to be, which was the wife of, uh, was that Moses? Is that okay? Get back to two children. Is that alright? Now, number chapter 10. Let's look at verse 28. I'm giving you a bright answer that you can understand what I'm saying precisely. There is nothing missing, nothing lost. Shalom is still shalom. Your past notwithstanding, where you were born notwithstanding, who gave birth to you notwithstanding, everything God has in mind for you is still ahead of you. So I say your past is in your future waiting for you. You can connect to it. Hallelujah. 
Numbers 10 verse 28. Those were the order of march of the children of Israel. What is this march for? They were now coming out of Egypt. According to the armies, when they began their journey, now Moses said to Hobab, notice this, the son of Ruel, the Midianites. Can you get that? Moses' father-in-law. So you find that Ruel is actually the same person as what? Jethro. Is it clear? All right. Now, Hobart automatically become who? A brother-in-law to who? To Moses. Because Hobart is the son of Jethro. Did you get that? All right. We are setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. What place did he promise to give it to them? Canaan. Come with us. Who is doing the invitation now? Moses. And we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. Why is he saying this? It's like saying, can you remember when Abraham sent us away? Maybe you were not born there. I am not going with you to Canaan. We don't belong there. We have been sent to the east. Listen to me. This is what anger. This is what frustration. This is what thinking about your past can do to you when God wants to take you to your promised land. Oh, she offended me. Oh, he offended me. I don't like that pastor. I don't like that man. You are just shutting out your future. I remember what his father did to me. I remember what his mother did to me. You are shutting out your future. Don't let your past stop you from entering your future. Hobart said, no, 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 I'm not going with you. I don't care. What about you? I promise you. After all, whether you like it or not, we've got some cattle in our land. We're sent to the east. We'll be farming there. We'll go places. Are you there with me? Anger. Carrying the past into your now can project a negative implication into your future that makes it difficult for you to receive what you are supposed to receive. Did you get anything from that? Don't let the wrongs done to you yesterday be your life today. Don't try it. Now, look at the steady one. And Moses said, please do not leave by implication, he was already getting ready to leave the place. In so much as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. Meaning, there is no man that is irrelevant in life. That you have a promise from God is not a guarantee you can enter your promise without somebody that can take you to the place that you need to go. Watch this. It was God that promised Canaan. It was God that was going to take them there. But here in Moses say, man, I don't know the way. Be our eyes. Show us the way. Direct us on the way to go. I thought Moses would have gone to pray. You need a man. You need a man in your life. You want to succeed? You need a man in your life. Moses got all the promise. He got all the power. 
Yaton rattlesnake and tongue water to blood and cause flies to come. But now he can't move. He need a man to be his eyes. You need someone. Don't let anything be too much of a pride for you not to recognize somebody that God may place your way to take you to your promised land. Don't let words, even the money you think you've gotten, be anything too mighty to stop you from recognizing the person that God has sent you away. Don't let ministry, don't let what you call anointing be too heavy on you. Moses realized, with all his promise, with all his signs and wonders, with all the miracles that he has done, he needed a man to get to the promised land. And so Moses said, no, please don't leave. Come, be our eyes. Now look at the promise in verse 32. And it shall be, if you go with us, indeed, it shall be that whatsoever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. What does that mean? If God give us Canaan, oh my goodness. Everything Abraham sent you away from, you are recovering. You need a man. Do you understand that? In other words, if we get to Canaan, we are going to share the land. You are going to have your past. Forget about your past. Come join me. Recover everything you lost when you were sent to the east. I am here to make it available to you. Oh man, I love Moses. He was reconnecting people. He was reconnecting people. He was recovering people. Man, this guy was a true minister of the Lord. He recovered everything that Reuben lost. Now he's recovering everything that the sons of Keturah were supposed to have lost. Come, we will do to you. Everything. In other words, Abraham wrote a will. Maybe your name was not there. But I'm going to put your name in the will. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I'm going to put your name in the way. I am in charge now. No, 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 no. Not your father. Let me tell you something. Forget about that old man that have died. It has nothing to do with life. Connect with the man God has sent to you. Your will will be rewritten. Am I talking to someone here? You will come to the place of abundance. Every promise God has ever made, you are going to recover. Moses said, Ruben, why are you, why are you, why are you worried, man? Come on, just come with us. Everything. Say, whatsoever. You know what? We are not going to discriminate. Whatsoever. If it is 2020, you're going to get your 20. Just come with us. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. I love Moses. Because you see, why do ministers of God make some people feel that their own past is finished? I mean, their life is finished. Even their future is gone. They are not, I'm sorry to say, let them change their thinking. Let them change their understanding. Let them know who they are. By the ambassadors of Christ. We are doing what is called the ministry of reconciliation. Every anger in the past, every obstruction in the past, we are bringing the people together. We want to make them whole. Your past and your present are united. You are one man in Christ. Nothing lost. Oh, glory to God. Whatever good the Lord will do to us, we will do also unto you. The man you connect to will bring you into your future. So your past is not lost. 
is simply just hanging. He will end it. Can you remember the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem? I mean, sure that he did some time back. And he told the disciples, go and bring that donkey over there. The ass. Remember that? And the Bible said, this is an ass that nobody has sat upon. And he said, what about if they ask, what are you doing with the donkey? As if you are stealing it. You know, just tell them, I have need of it. By implication, the donkey was born with the name of Jesus written on the donkey. Nobody else has ever attempted to ride another donkey. Your future is intact. Are you sitting there with me? Your future is intact. Everything God has ever planned for your life, you're going to get into it. Listen, if God has ordained that you are going to fly and you have never flown before, you're still going to fly. I'm just be honest with you. It will only take time. You may not have the money for ticket now. Your child will have the money for ticket tomorrow. You will still fly. Come on, am I talking to somebody? You will still fly. Hallelujah. Some of you, you just need to get some passports. I don't know. This could be prophetic. I don't know. Because you see, God can so connect you and somebody can still simply say, come on holidays. The first time I went to Germany, I didn't really go for preaching. Remember that? God spoke to a lady and said, just tell my son David he's going through a lot of pressure. I want him to have a rest and I want him to give him a ticket to come to Germany to have a rest. That's how I went to Germany. If I never had passport, I wouldn't go to Germany. Some of you need to get your passport. Whether you fly with it or not, keep it there. Now, this thing can come. They are prophetic. The other day I was speaking here. I'm mentioning to you that those of you who cannot sleep in the night, it's about time you begin to sleep. After seven, two things came out. They have not been sleeping. So when I speak, I don't just speak. God speaks. And I don't need to lay hands on you to get what I'm talking about. Mary said, according to your word, be done unto me. There is nothing missing in your life. You are connecting to it. Recognize the man that God has sent before you. That's all your problem. That's all you need to do. Just try to find out. Who is this man? Who is the hobbit? My eye that can take me to the place. Who is my hobbit? That is all you need to pray about. God, show me my hobbit. And your hobbit could be somebody you have offended or your father has offended. Oh, yes. It could be your father. It could be your grandfather. It could be anybody. That could be your hobbit. That is why you can't keep all the enmities your father's kept. My father doesn't greet these people. That they have nothing to do with your life. Your father is gone. I remember some time passed when I was in the village. I went to see my mother. And I stepped out to see someone. My mother said, where are you? Hey, I was such a crazy guy. I love everybody. I was already eating in the guy's house. And I came back and said, where did you go to? So I said, what did you go there to do? I said, I was eating where you called me. You went there to eat. I've been quarreling with that man. That man will be quarreling with me. I said, well, he'll be quarreling with you, not with me. Your life is different. I know very soon you will hit the bucket. But as you have a future, I cannot allow your sentiment to block my future. 
Are you getting what I'm talking about? And when I did this, I was not even a believer. Not a thought of now that I'm a believer. So I don't know if your father has some enemies. You can't reckon them anymore. You have a future. You have a life. You have a relationship. And that man could be your husband. Moses said, let's forget the past. So back, come along. We are writing another will. Forget about the will Abraham wrote. Are you getting that? Inside, if you want to think about Abraham, that's already, we are already third generation. Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob. We are Israel. Forget about that man. Let's write another will. You are counting genealogy. Those things are past. Are you sitting there with me? Come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying here? Praise the living God. So your connection to the one center will bring you back to the original intents of God for your life. It will bring you back. Your biological bargain always standing. We will do what God wants to do. Moses was speaking. Is that okay? In other words, we're going to execute the will. Hallelujah. Let me show you something. Judges chapter 1. It shall be if you come with us. Indeed. <laughs> and it shall be that whatever the Lord will do to us, the same will we do to you. No discrimination. Because you are one. Judges chapter 1, verse number 16. Are we there? Oh. Now the children of the Canaanites. Who are the Canaanites? Moses' father-in-law. How many father-in-law does he have? One. Meaning the Canaanites were from who? Jethro. So Hobab was within the tribe of the Canaanites. Are you there with me? Come on, are we together? Went on from the city of Palms with the children of Judah. Can you get that? Into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the south near Ara. And they went and dwelt among the people. Can you get that? They, the Canaan, inhabited the rocky desert region between southern Palestine and the mountains of Sinai, east of the Gulf of Aqaba. They were a branch of the larger nation of Media. From the father Jethro, who in Exodus was the father of who? Of Moses. These guys finally got a land in Palestine. They are a tribe of the Canaanites. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us precisely where they dwell. How did this come to pass? Because there was a man that had to rewrite the will that Abraham wrote. Praise the living God somebody. Are you still there with me? So what am I trying to make you see? There is nothing you have missed. There is nothing you will ever miss. Listen, don't ever allow your past to haunt you. If I have decided it's right, that is not the issue now. Who is my hobo? If I have taken the right decision when I was young, that is not the issue now. Who is your hobo?